Welcome to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger. I'm here with my good friend, Mike Connolly. Hello. And uh, we're here to talk about some noise. Heck yeah, we are. So we've been on a little break from talking about noise. Uh, maybe took a took some weeks off. And uh, kind of reformulated our plan for this podcast. We were talking to some really amazing guests. We were listening to lots of noise and decided we should uh, keep digging into the history of noise and other noise we love and kind of broaden the horizons of what we were focusing on. And so that's what brings us to right now. So the previous episodes of the podcast are sort of series one, season one. And now we're uh, we're on to a new chapter. Yeah. And, and basically the the goal, the thesis of of this podcast moving forward is, you know, really setting out to document the history of noise uh, kind of up to a certain point, we've kind of set some parameters for ourselves that we're really going to be kind of focusing up to about 1999 um, for a number of reasons. Partly, we're looking at being noise archaeologists, and we want to kind of focus on noise before both Gray and myself became more actively involved in it. So we're kind of doing, you know, all before our start in actually making noise. Right? Kind of what we were discovering that was that had been passed from when we got in to noise and sort of the stuff that was available to us right when we got in the stuff that was coming out the you know the year following. Yeah. So so this this is going to be um you know it's going to be a a long exciting journey um and and some you know some episodes might be you know smaller nuggets of information and then other episodes we're going to have a guest and we're just going to have an exploding well of information so um i have a feeling we have uh some of those coming up soon well yeah so you know uh, a lot of these episodes are probably going to be just gray and myself but if you're listening to this when it comes out you know we live in los angeles you know what shows are coming up you might have an idea of some of the guests we have lined up we're not gonna give you any exact info yet but you might be able to uh deduce what guests we may or may not have lined up for uh the uh some of these first episodes and we're incredibly excited to uh, kind of get get going on the world of noise. From just Gray and I listening to a record and all the way to having really great interviews with people uh, who were there at the time. It's exciting. I'm, I'm incredibly excited about, uh, about uh, where we're headed. Yeah. This was a noise extra was also sort of born out of an idea we had previously of kind of broadening our spectrum anyway that we the record we listened to today we listened to previously and had made notes on and it's a great record and we decided to revisit this record and give it another listen with fresh ears and sort of start this off as a new a new chapter instead of uh, an addendum to something we were already doing also a big a big part of what we're looking to do with noise extra is documenting a timeline of noise. And that is something that we already have a, a document going that we're just going to continue to add to every week, every time we get a new bit of information. So something, if you've heard our previous series that you, you know, uh, people pointed out, I joked about a lot is that I may have some information wrong, but leave me alone. Well, now if I have some information wrong, actually let us know if you have firsthand information and we do, say something that's inaccurate, let us know because we are actually now looking to 
you know, put down an accurate timeline of the history of noise as we know it. So that's a, a big, the larger um, goal of this podcast. So to get, I feel like uh, to get us started, let's just, let's talk noise. That's, that's what we do, right? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks to everyone who's been listening to us do this, talk about noise, talk about records, uh, you know, fan out over things we love, records that are new to us, records that have been with us for a long time. It's awesome. And uh, thank you especially to our Patreon subscribers who've been very patient and, uh, you know, helped us upgrade some equipment and get uh, get our guests out here and all that kind of stuff. We have way more in store for the Patreon and we have way more in store in terms of like content that you are helping us produce. So seriously. Thanks, guys. You're awesome. Thank you so much. And now, fresh in our ears is a record from 1997 on the venerable Pinch-A-Loaf Records. It's a 12-inch by Japanese noise artist Masana. And it is called Sonic Devil, which... Couldn't be a, a more proper name, I think. Oh my god, what an incredible, insane listen. This is classic Masana. It's uh it's a one sided twelve inch. It's got uh in proper late nineties noise fashion. It's got a splatter painted B side. It's a clear record with uh, uh my copy has dark blue sort of enamel paint on it. I think Connolly is yours the same, dark blue. In my mind, mine's red, but I didn't bring mine over. Okay. Uh, I might be totally wrong about that. Again, hey, there you go. Let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Were any of them red? Am I just thinking, am I just wrong? Comes in an anti-static bag with a single-sided insert, which is a a great gray on black photo of Masana performing live. Classic logo. Classic logo. Classic. Uh, And it's uh, eight tracks in about 14 minutes. (laughs) There's a lock groove at the end. We'll get to that. But... uh, it's a ripper. Tracks vary from like a minute long to two and a half minutes long in his uh, short, short and to the point fashion. And it's a, it's a goddamn powerhouse. It says on the B side, there's, there's labels on both sides, which is uh, nice and maybe rare for one-sided records that would come out later. <laughs> uh, but printed labels on both sides and the B side label informs you that it's 45 RPM and also to play at maximum volume. And that is exactly what we did. Oh, and yeah. I mean, it, it just kicks off full frontal Masana attack, mad, unhinged. You're one second and you know you're you're in Masana's world and it's incredible. One of the most recognizable artists uh, of the time. I think, yeah, I think, literally, I think it's a one second thing and you're, you know where what you're in for. Yeah, there's no one that really quite had his style. Uh, love it or hate it, although I'm not I'm not really sure who hates it. I'm I, sure it scared some people off. Yeah, I mean, it's only, only love over here, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just kicks right off. You're in it. And then, you know, it doesn't let up the entire time. But there is a lot of variety in these tracks. It's super varied. There's a lot of, there's some like filtery sounds and really kind of crazy stuff going on with it. There's some great looping and like hard cuts happening. It's of course trademark sound from Asana. Anyone who's heard him knows is just the just vocal, just like 
yelling, screaming, freaking out. It's a it's a freak out. It's a, a spasm. It's a psychedelic bad trip experience that you're getting. And, you know, and to me, just going with the title Sonic Devil, I mean, I just it, to me, it's just this whirling, just devil in the middle of a desert, just just spinning and turning and swirling and diving and dive bombing and and just just complete destruction and you know you know the first track kicks in the second track there's just no rest you're just immediately in and i love what he does with like the delay i love the like his weird delays and then the weird cuts from the delays it's so jarring you know well one of the things that i'd heard about masana and i know he he did a lot of those uh well a lot of he did several like edition one mini disc releases yeah and someone once told me that he edited on mini disc uh because Minidisc was the the format you could edit on easily that if you if you cut chunks out that there would be no dropouts it would be a seamless play i mean like i think uh, there's an autocur side project called guestcom that issued a uh, minidisc that there's a bunch of similarly themed electronic tracks that were meant to be played on shuffle because there was no gap in the shuffle so you could edit on on minidisc and just cut this stuff out and make these weird cuts and jumps maybe in a jam session recorded straight to minidisc which i used to use in the early 2000s to oh, cool. a lot of stuff I didn't get good at the editing on it. I had a, a portable one. I think maybe having a, a stereo component might have been better. Yeah, I, n- I never ever used uh, mini disc in anything, but I, I I do believe I've I've heard the same thing about Masana, and it kind of makes sense. I mean, there's, I mean, it just cuts and cuts and cuts and cuts, and and you, it's hard. It is hard to tell what's live, what's not, and and where he's just. You know, maybe he just jumped on a pedal and it cut to something else. That's you know? what I was going to say is I don't mean to say that there's yeah. a lot of this isn't live cutting because if you've seen any live footage, if you haven't seen live footage of Masana, you're missing out. Yeah. Treat yourself. Get on YouTube. Anything. I'm sure the good alchemy stuff has to be on there. Uh, there's probably plenty of live sets. If you can see any of the, the 90s performances, he's Connolly's vision of him whirling, <laughs> spinning, thrashing around is, well, because we've seen it. That's. He's just goes crazy live. And uh, you hear in these, you hear this crazy, it's a mixture, you know, a lot of, a lot of noise bands will use voice in some way, but his is so vocally derived. There's obviously some sort of like a shaker coin box kind of thing going on too in some of these tracks. And you get, you see him using stuff like that live for sure. But it's, so much vocal derived and what he manages to do with just his voice is one of the things that's always impressed me is like turns it into this just mess and on some of these i mean i think uh even on the second track i wrote are there two of him (laughs) yeah i mean it feels like at times it feels like there's about 50 of them yeah (laughs) well i think we even compared notes on this and on the on the final track on this I wrote many Masanas. Yeah, and, and I wrote the madness multiplies. So we were both feeling this, just the, we were both feeling Masana multiplying himself <laughs> and just like, you know, just, just going insane. Um, I have the words like spasm and scree, yeah. vomit written down here, but there's some sort of more machined parts of the six track. Again, they're, they're like short almost- and they blur together, but yeah, the, the six track on this has this sort of like machine loop open. And then of course- back in with layers of voice you just punched into it and then 
it sounds it starts sounding like a synth. Like in this this track's a minute and fifteen seconds long, and you get all this from it in the just like the beginning part of it. Well, that has that great, yeah, it's got this, almost like a warning, it's almost like a warning sound, like a machine warning sound, yeah. and then it just, you're in. And the track before that has almost a calm intro for for a little bit, and he, and he does throw these weird, in, in other releases too, like these brief moments of calm before, you know, before that's all, you know, completely eradicated. I think it's a 30 bonus tracks that has harmonica on it too. And that always freaked me out. Yeah. There's harmonica and I think guitar and that, I mean, there's, there, there will always be these little tastes of something else that come very unexpectedly. Um, but, but I think on Sonic Devil, what's so great is it really is distilled, you know, into this, you know, under 20 minute, you know, representation of kind of everything that he does. You know, and, and honestly, in two in two thousand nineteen, with people's attention spans so diminished, I feel like Masana's really. I think he's he's it's his time to shine. Really, he was onto something. <laughs> yeah, I think it's his time to shine. I think a I think a uh, thirty second set is about all anyone can uh, can really process in two thousand nineteen. So, well, you're in luck because he is active again. I know Trapdoor Tapes just released a Masana controlled death tape, which is a uh, a split with himself <laughs> under his new guys. And the new guys is a uh, way more mellow death, industrial dark ambient, like synth MB attracts more uh, inspired or sounding stuff with uh, still his vocals, tape delay and, uh, and a synthesizer uh, a lot darker in tone and a lot more sort of static in vibe. And I'm not sure what the, the Masana side sounds like mine's on the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't gotten it yet either, so I am very, very curious. Now, where did, how did you come to Masana? I found a Masana CD at record time in Los Angeles. We have Amoeba, which is a giant record store, but in in Michigan there weren't really too many giant record stores. Record time was record time in Roseville is probably the biggest record store around then. Uh, that was like an indie underground place, and uh, they had great great records there. And I found in the cutout, like discount bin, a 79 cent copy of the, the aforementioned 30 bonus tracks. I, it might have some other, I think it has another official name, but I've always I, it, thought of it as 30. I think it's self-titled. Yeah. In my mind, it's self-titled or, or it's, it's the acronym spelled out. Right. And then, and then yes, it's, it's one track and 30, bonus and 30 tracks. bonus tracks, yeah. so there's 31 is, tracks on it, <laughs> which is just, I love that so much. And there's great live photos in there. And I think I was on a lunch break from some shitty job I was working and went and was digging through and found that and took it home. And wow. I mean, this was, this was very early in my getting into noise. I'd heard a couple things, but I knew this name and it was on maybe, a uh, I mean, I knew it maybe from Japanese American noise treaty and something like that, but Finding this CD was a, a revelation. You know, it's on Alchemy, Japanese labels. You didn't see that stuff too often around. And uh, still, I feel like I don't see it in stores so often. So right. uh, it's a, a full bore freak out. I didn't know what to think uh, or how to deal with it, really. And I, I'll even say for the first while, you know, I liked Masana when I first heard it. And then I maybe got out of it a bit because it's so vocal driven and I was starting to hear other noise with synthesizers and you know more like their varied sound sources scrap metal whatever kind of stuff and so the sort of narrow spectrum the limitations he's put into his project 
were less appealing to me. Now, when I listen to it, I don't know how I ever felt that way because he coaxes so much out of it. It's like I was maybe seeking something new and then found, you know, now, now that I can come back to it, I'm probably going to edit the fuck out of it. Well, well, but, and again, our, you know, our ears weren't fully trained, you know, to, to, how to listen to some of this stuff when we were first starting it to get into this. My, my first was inner mind mistake, you know, yeah, we, we mentioned, or I asked you that earlier. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a different one. It's a different one. It's still probably my favorite. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, I, I got it at the Virgin mega store in Chicago. I'll never oh, yeah. forget, you know? And so again, as, as you know, we've mentioned many times, you know, the relapse release CDs, so invaluable and important to us at the time. And still, still to this day, and Inner My Mystique was just, I love the colors of that. I loved, I like the the kind of seven tracks, the kind of longer tracks, you know, you know, rather than the 30 second, two second tracks, which I love too. But, but I, I really, really appreciate the composition of Inner My Mystique. That one it, feels more uh, tense and menacing yeah. than a lot of the freak out stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a more deliberate and less uh, kind of spastic. Yeah. And I definitely was very into the sort of rock element that Masana brings to noise, you know, cause I, I related to that pretty easily when first hearing Masana and seeing video, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's, he's like, it's, it's the mag, it's the, uh, the grandeur and magnitude of like a giant, you know, stadium rock concert distilled into this, like, you know, into almost its purest form in a way. Yeah, he's a showman when you, it's when you so, see the live footage. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 so great, it's so infectious, and it's so, you know, it's it's very physical. It's physical noise. You know, it's physical, and it and it, uh, and I think Sonic Devil is a perfect. Sonic Devil is a very physical record to me. You turned me on to one that I'd never heard. That actually, I had borrowed from you for like a hundred years. It feels like. <laughs> Certainly a decade. Yeah. <laughs> but um which was frequency LSD. Oh yeah. And he, he took a turn for synthesizer at a point. He started a, a sub pro, you know, a side project called uh, Space Machine. And uh started working with modular synth and started playing synthesizer. And you have two two kind of classic synth records from him, frequency LSD, which is not entirely synthesizer, of course, but getting utilized and uh Vesti Space Ritual. Uh, obvious nod to Hawkwind. For someone who loves psychedelic music as much as he does, I mean, if you see uh, see photos of him or any of the kind of st- uh, imagery on the releases, you kind of start to get that picture too. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Frequency LSD. It's that's uh, actually I would say that that's the other competition for me within or my mystique is is probably my favorite Masana's. Um, and yeah, it, it's that one's on Alienate. Alienate, absolutely legendary label. classic label. Um, and weird oversized packaging that doesn't fit anywhere. Uh, so it always stands out. You always know it's there. Um, and you got, you know, Masana in his shades, just setting the tone. And yeah, you know, he, he definitely incorporated that, that kind of sixties and seventies psychedelia in, but through his filter. So that's kind of what I like about it, that it's not like this straight, retro straight kind of like uh, you know homage to this it's through his filter so it, you you get that but it's not like it's it's still very strange and and alien 
It feels entirely personal. Like, Mertzbaugh may have launched a thousand noise ships in the night, but Masana f- feels like Masana. There's no... It's hard to even reference what other stuff was influencing it. You know, obviously the love of noise and his love of like psychedelia, but what what else is there? Like well, it's, and, it's him. Well, and 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 also um, his love of of pop music. You know, the Masana also uh, a reference to Madonna, and even kind of in the thirty bonus tracks, he like we're talking about those kind of pictures that almost look like they're at like a a stu a film studio yeah, or something where yeah. it's like this kind of pop and, and, you know, so I think, I think he kind of takes all that, you know, and just literally blends it up, grinds it up and spews forth the, what we know as Masana. And, you know, I, it, I can't you can't get enough of it. I'm thankful for it. I'm so thankful for it. And yeah, like Gray was saying, you know, he has been been playing a lot and, and is starting to put more things out again. So I know over here in the States, we're all just hoping and wishing and praying that we can get a uh, get Masana over here someday. But, you know, we might have to just fly to Japan to see him. That might be our. You insist. OK, let's let's do it. OK, OK, OK. We're, let's get let's do it. Let's do it. So Sonic Devil came out on Pinchaloaf. Um, definitely a classic nineties noise label, um, run by Eric Hoffman, who then went on uh to do Ground Fault. Great, great label, Ground Fault CDs. He he really tried to curate, you know, series one, two, and three of different uh, varying degrees of harshness and put out some great CDs by some of the best noise artists and some of their best CDs. I mean, Eric, Eric basically ran two legendary classic noise labels and you can bet we'll be, uh, looking to have him on, uh, at some point for sure. But yeah, Pendulum, I mean, you got smell and Quim seven inch spastic, spastic colon, colon. A classic MSBR electro vegetarianism, uh, which is a seven inch that comes in a box with a painted base and a bolt through it and a spring and you then mount the seven inch to the top of it with a clear as a clear uh, printed overlay to put on top of it it looks i think i, I posted photos of mine on instagram a I while mean, ago th- this this is this is this is what we love about noise i mean that gets me so excited it has to, assembly you, you, instructions you describing that got me the chills like i had the chills thinking about like that's noise and yeah. it, that's pinch that's pinch yeah you know and Smelling Quim nonstop robotic fornication, seven inch oversized packaging with weird cutouts and, and underlay stuff like, ooh. Nonstop robotic fornication. And just oh. full disclosure, Connolly and I are chomping at the bit to do a Smelling Quim episode. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. keep that on your uh Oh yeah, what we do in your mind. We're definitely gonna be talking Smelling Quim easily, one of our all time favorites. But I mean, yeah, you got the haters, you got Alb, you got, you know, and you got Masana, you know, and it's just, this was just such a cool, and then you got, and then, and then there's a bunch of records that, full disclosure, I don't know what they are. I don't know who some of these people are. And I, that's so, that's a great, uh, that's a great thing. And that's what, that's what we're here to do. We're going to, we're going to dig through all these at some point. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to dig through the entire Pinch Loaf discography at some point. Sounds like a plan. I'm very in for that. But yeah, I mean, Eric, you know, obviously 
huge, huge, very important, especially for me early on ordering from ground fault was a big, uh, distro that I ordered from a lot. And, uh, again, that ground fault series means some of the best albums from some of the best artists of that time. Well, and he was running, uh, like, a or assist uh, doing what brokering or whatever for a CD pressing plant yeah. while he was doing ground fault. So he helped a lot of CDs get made in the early 2000s. Huge. Like he was, he was the middleman on facilitating tons of CDs. I know like, Stuff that I put out stuff that he helped me get pressed and Tronics and probably you know probably a ton of other labels. So yeah, absolutely. So he's he's actually a very very huge figure in noise and and um yeah one of those behind the scenes things that you might not think about or know about, but he like you own some CDs that he helped to get yeah. made that don't have his name on them. Yeah, and I mean Spastic Colon, amazing. So yeah. we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely be talking. Hopefully, be talking with Eric at some point. That'd be. A big, big uh, get for sure. Part of the idea of this podcast is is for us to, you know, kind of document the history of noise. Starting, and the parameters we're kind of setting for ourselves has been a, roughly 1979 to 1999. Now, we may somewhat leak a little bit out of those parameters. You know, if we're going to, we, you know, that doesn't mean we're not going to talk about, you know, some of the, you know, Emil Bolio shows from the 2000s. But the idea is that it's people who were already firmly active in that time. If we're, if we're going to discuss stuff outside of that realm, it's going to be of people who are of that time. That is at least the, the current idea. And we're going to do multiple episodes about individual artists. So this episode's about Masana. That doesn't mean this is the only episode we're ever going to do about Masana. This doesn't mean the only album we're going to do about Masana. So we're going to just kind of keep continuing our journey and, and, you know, Masana is going to be a big part of it at, for sure. You know, the you know, incapacitants are going to be a big part of it. The haters are going to be a big part of it. Mersbaugh is going to be a big part of it. I think it's also going to be dictated a bit by what we're listening to and excited about at the time, because we both just listen to noise all the time. Yeah. And, uh, what our guests are listening to and excited about and suggest to come on and discuss with us. So, yeah, I think the idea is that, especially when we have guests that we're going to use a lot of the albums as a springboard for a broader discussion about noise, maybe the guests involve involvement in noise, some of the firsthand information they could give us and bring to us. Um, so that's kind of how we're going to, proceed moving forward there may be some episodes where gray and i read an old triple r catalog and just kind of talk about that and there may be episodes where we talk about a show or we talk about you know a live video a live video stuff like that this is just going to kind of unfold as it happens i think we've got some great records picked out we've got some great guests lined up nothing's changed except for the sort of the broadening of the spectrum of what we're trying to cover I uh, my love of noise hasn't diminished one one iota, so <laughs> we're we're here to talk about it. The, listening to this was as fun today as it as it has been, you know, all this year just sitting down and listening to noise records. Yeah. So, so we are we're we're here. We're gonna be listening to noise until the day we die. So we'll probably be doing this podcast till the day we die. So <laughs> that's the plan, at least. We got a lot of stuff to cover. That's gonna a be a long time. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's Looking a lot. at my shelf, there's just a lot of noise on it. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. And then I can't wait for for guests to turn us on to news to 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 stuff that we didn't know about. Turn us on to information we didn't know about. Um. So, 
psyched to have everyone with us. Um, it's going to be a, a really cool, long, long form project. You've been listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger. I was here with my co-host, Mike Connolly. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon subscribers. Aaron Kaplan, Adam Thomas, Anthony D'Amico, Joey Blush, Crudo Soy, Derek Lafferty, Drew Worley, NJMB, Eros Livieratos, Geronimo Jimenez, Joe at Small Doses, Cal McFarland, Lars Sykin, Liz Davis, Matt Harris, Philip Keeling, Raul Anthony, Reed Rosenberg, Rick Murphy, Roman Leva, Scott Carlson, Sven Kay, Tyler Reed, Will Abbott, and Zach Buchanan. Wow. Thanks, guys. Lots of great stuff coming, and we appreciate it. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra. Find us on Instagram at noise extra and find us on the web at noise extra.com. One E in all of those. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.